The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning comes from St. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 41. It can be found on page 1664 of your Pew Bible. John records, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. And his, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Well, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God may be displayed in him. And as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And after saying this, he spit on the ground, and he made some mud with the saliva, and he put it in the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Now his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? And some claimed that he was. And others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am that man. How then were your eyes opened, they asked. And he replied, the man, the man they called Jesus, made some mud and he put it on my eyes. And he told me to go to Siloam and wash. And so I went, and I washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? they asked him. I don't know, he said. And they brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. And therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud in my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. And some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. And then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes that he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? Well, we know he is our son, the parents answered. And we know 
that he was born blind. But how he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age, and he will speak for himself. Now his parents, they said this because they were afraid. They were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. And that is why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. Now a second time, they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. And he replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, and now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered, I've told you already, and you do not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are his, this fellow's disciples. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. And now the man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And to this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And then they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me, so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. And some of the Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? And Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It is my hope, it is my prayer every week that uh, 
the Holy Spirit would do the gospel unto the hearers. That's you. That's me. That's anyone that catches this on uh, the internet. That's why I pray, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. I also pray some of you have been with me during the weeks. Before our Bible studies, I ask for new eyes to see, new ears to hear. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Do the gospel unto us. Give us new perspective. And I really hope that today you see this story, excuse me, this account as recorded by John in a brand new way from a different perspective. Let's unpack it. Today's gospel provides us with the account of Jesus giving sight to a blind man. And that although giving sight to a blind man is miraculous, it's spectacular, it is not the main focus of the narrative. Now the main focus of the narrative is the apparent conflict between the Pharisees and the man who used to be blind. And I say apparent conflict because the Pharisees, their real problem is not with the man who was formerly blind. Their problem, their conflict is with Jesus. The, mind, the, the, the man that was blind is their enemy simply because he has become a disciple of their arch enemy, Jesus. Now this conflict is ancient. It goes back all the way to the account in Genesis after Adam and Eve fell. The Lord uh, pronounced a curse on the serpent. Do you remember this? This is in Genesis 3, 14, and 15. God says, because you have done this, Cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, and you shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, Jesus is the offspring of the woman, and the Pharisees are the offspring of the serpent. Okay. And just in case, I doubt it, but i got to put this disclaimer, just in case you think I'm being a little bit harsh on the Pharisees, let's take a moment and hear what Jesus said about the Pharisees. He said this in John 8, uh, 42 and 44. He said, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he who sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of the father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desire. There it is. Jesus said it. 
Jesus himself states that the devil is their father. And this conflict that we see in today's gospel is nearly as old as time itself. Now the account in today's gospel begins when Jesus encounters a blind man and then he gives him the gift of sight. And at first, things went really well. After all, he had been blind and, and now he can see. And that's, that's terrific, right? I mean, that's, that's good stuff. The only problem is that the miracle, the miracle drew attention to the man. And after a while, some Pharisees began some informal hearings to gather up the facts of the case. And you see, the miracle, the miracle provoked a major theological conflict because Jesus had performed this miracle on the Sabbath. And the law of Moses forbade work on the Sabbath. And the traditions of the elders stated that making mud and healing was in fact work. And therefore, according to their thinking, Jesus had broken the Sabbath by making mud and healing. And this made him an evil, wicked man. A sinner. Now on the other hand, they also believed that God would never perform a miracle like this through an evil man. If Jesus really did give sight to a blind man, then, then Jesus was good. So the question comes, is Jesus evil or is Jesus good? How could a good man break the Sabbath? How could an evil man, how can an evil man restore sight? And the only way that they could resolve this conflict was to find a conflict in the man's testimony. Bring him on in and see if he messes up. Now it never occurred to them that the tradition of the elders might be wrong. That the ceremonial law does not forbid works of mercy on the Sabbath. But instead, they set out to break this man and his testimony. And here is where we can learn something. The forces, the forces of sin take notice when the Holy Spirit begins to work in people. The devil, the world, and our own sinful nature have no problem, no problem at all when we are comfortably coasting along on the wide, multi-laned road to hell. When it is, when the Holy Spirit throws on the brakes and, and he begins to steer us onto the narrow road that leads to eternal life, well, that's when we get noticed and that's when the forces of evil mount an attack on us. And that is when the road starts to get a little bit bumpy. 
But here is where we can learn something else about this story. As the Pharisees escalate their attack on this man, his testimony becomes stronger instead of weaker. Instead of breaking this man, the Holy Spirit used this attack to build him up. And at the start of the interrogation, the man's answers are short and to the point. I just love it. His answers were this. He put mud on my eyes and I washed and now I see. Period. Full stop. And the Pharisees, well, they're trying to intimidate him. It almost seems that he just wants to finish this interrogation and go home. And as the interrogation wears on, this man begins to perceive that these Pharisees, they haven't got a clue. And soon he begins to contradict the Pharisees. When he says whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. And so by the time we get to the end of the interrogation, it is hard to tell who is broken. Instead of being intimidated, this man who had received his sight began to lecture the Pharisees, and he even got a little bit sarcastic. Did you notice that? He said, now, that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will, and nobody has heard of opening the eyes of a blind man. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. I got to say that this man's uh, logic is impeccable. Now, as we read the account of this interrogation, we see the control slip away from the Pharisees. They had hoped to break this little beggar and get him back under their control. But God made him into a theologian instead. God had taken a blind beggar and made him into a spiritual David. And these Pharisees were beginning to take stones between their spiritually blind eyes. And the Pharisees witness a miracle that is much greater than giving sight to the blind. They are watching. And we got to see it and hear it firsthand. They are watching a faith grow and mature right before their eyes. Now, ultimately, the Pharisees lost control. And with all the bluster that they could muster, they expelled this man from the synagogue. In a sense, get out. Don't ever come back. And the man who had been born blind now understood that the Pharisees had no answers for him that their faith in a collection of man-made traditions could not save him. His only hope was in the great prophet who had given sight to him. And it is then that this greatest of all prophets found him. And Jesus heard the man was expelled, and he found him in order to add spiritual vision to the gift of physical sight 
that he had already given him. The Holy Spirit prepared the man's heart so that Jesus asked him, do you believe in the Son of Man? And that man was ready to listen. He said, who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. And then Jesus revealed himself with the words, you have both seen him and the one who is speaking with you is he. The man's faith took action as he confessed with his mouth and fell to his knees to worship the one who brought light to both his eyes and also brought light to his soul. And this man, who had been born blind, received much, much more than sight from the Savior. The Holy Spirit had worked faith in his heart. He, he understood that he was a sinner and that he could not save himself. And he learned that Jesus was not just a prophet, but that he was Lord of the prophets and even more. And he was the fulfillment of all the prophets. When Jesus Christ died on the cross and he rose from the dead and he showed himself to the disciples, this man saw his sins died also with Jesus and that his sins remained in the grave when Christ arose. And he saw that Jesus would never leave him and when he died, he would immediately see Jesus again face to face. So, what do we learn from the story? Jesus himself provides the answer. When he said this, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. The account in today's gospel is one of those accounts that makes me wish that the sermon was about an hour longer. I know you don't, but and mercifully it isn't. It's almost over. But even so, the overall conflict in this gospel can teach us a few things. That the conflict arose when Jesus began giving his gifts to the man who had been born blind. And this teaches you, it teaches me, to expect conflict when we are faithful to Christ. Because the evil forces of this world, well, they hate Jesus, and therefore they will hate you, and they will hate me. And the Pharisees started the conflict, but they, they accused Jesus of wrongdoing, and this teaches us that although others cause conflict, they will blame the faithful for it. They will throw out a smokescreen of accusations using words such as bigoted, narrow-minded, divisive, and so forth. But they will not make a case for these accusations. And this is the lie that forces, that the forces of evil use to distract us from the truth. And the truth is that they are the ones who cause the division in the first place. And finally, we see that the Holy Spirit used this conflict 
to work in the man who had once been blind and to bring him to Jesus Christ. This teaches us that the Holy Spirit can use conflict to give us a stronger faith. When the world attacks us, when the world attacks us and there is nowhere else to go but to Jesus Christ and Him crucified for the forgiveness of sin, our faith becomes stronger. Jesus does not Underline, Jesus does not leave us alone with the conflict and persecution that the devil sends our way. Instead, he sends the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. It is when the Holy Spirit moves us to admit our sinful spirituality blind condition. When we admit we cannot see, it is then that Jesus gives us spiritual sight. It is when Christ reveals himself to us in word and in sacrament and that the Holy Spirit creates and sustains faith in us. We are like the man who was born blind. The Holy Spirit shows us that Jesus is our prophet, Jesus is our priest, and Jesus is our king. And as a result, the Holy Spirit will work in us to withstand the attacks of the world. And we look forward to the peace and joy of life forever with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen.